0: Welcome back to another episode of Loss of Down. I am your host, Stephen Weed, of course. Always joining me there in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Wally Lukashensky. Wally, how are we doing out there?
1: Man, I'm pretty fired up to be here tonight. We had a lot of stuff going on this last week, as you can tell with the DAC contract we'll be getting into here in a little bit. This is the most fun time of year for a lot of football fans out there that don't necessarily have contenders. We always convince ourselves this year is different. And now with the franchise tag deadline passing... That just means we're one step closer to free agency. I'm fired up about it. Raiders are already a little busy making a little cap room, as we'll get into also later. But all in all, this is an exciting time for football fans, which means it's an exciting time to talk about NFL football, Stephen.
0: Before we get into that, how was your weekend, bud? It's been a little bit uh It's been a week since we've uh, last seen each other and spoke. How was your weekend?
1: I went golfing this last weekend. For the first time of the year, we... Or I got out... A little in January when I went down to North Carolina, if you guys remember. So it's been a couple months, and I started off hot. I'm not going to lie to you. First couple holes, and this is me we're talking about here. This is a guy that's probably dropping 110s left and right. No big deal. But I'm out there. I throw up about 150 yards, four iron, not a big deal, about 15 feet from the hole. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to part a second hole. This is big. I go on to bogey the hole, and all hell happened in the next whatever holes we played. I look bad right now. I'm slicing every shot I've ever taken in my life. The only saving grace I have is that I'm planning on going out a lot of the weekends here with a couple buddies in the area, and that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm hoping this year I can at least get to that respectable level of golf, somewhere in that, I don't know, 90 to 95 range this year. That's the goal. If I can do that, it's been a good time. But on your end now, how was your weekend? What did you do? And I guess fill us in right now.
0: on to me, I'm staying in the triple digits in golf. And I'm okay with that. I'm just out there for a good time, hang with my buddies, drink a lot of beer, make an ass of myself. That's what I am best at doing. This weekend, went up to Cleveland. I'm glad you asked, Wally. Went up to Cleveland with the old girlfriend. It was her mother's birthday. So we had the casino up all night. Me and the girlfriend walked out. $2,700 richer, all blackjack right next to each other. Although now we got the ACC tournament on. Syracuse with a big 21 point dub against the North Carolina State Wolfpack. It feels nice being able to talk a little bit of shit to my friends that still live in Raleigh, especially the ones that went to North Carolina State, throwing a little bit of jabs. Got UVA tomorrow. I am not worried at all, Syracuse. Mark my words, we are making that run starting today. Watch out, because they're in the tournament, that 2-3 zone is going to be a huge problem for all of you.
1: Dude, and I tell you what, too. Talking about college basketball for a second, I was so high on life here about two weeks ago. Buckeyes are hitting a real rough spell to end the year. I'm really hoping. Right now, Minnesota's dog-walking Northwestern on Big Ten Network. Northwestern's terrible, but they were one of the teams to really give Ohio State fits this year. Beat them once, and then the second time around, Ohio State had to have a solid final five minutes, which they didn't do in Evanston, which is a big deal. So I'm hoping that you get a win against Minnesota here tomorrow. They can get things going right and hopefully can solidify a two seed and make a little bit of a run here. But the problem is they don't have like gimmicks or anything like the 2-3 where a lot of colleges don't have. Ohio State can't play against size right now, so I'm really nervous going into this year. I, I don't know. I really was... I guess, too high on them the last few weeks. So I'm hoping I'm right before where I'm like really high on them and that they're actually going to be somewhat of a, a team to compete. But I don't know. I'm, I'm losing faith by the day, man.
0: Just get in and anything can happen in March. And this March Madness is so much better than any of the ones that I can remember because it was cut so short last year. has to be close to a calendar year since they completely shut down basketball altogether and the end of the world essentially started we're back a year later look at us we got a podcast we're drinking beer we're talking football basketball life can't get much better just like for mr dakota prescott there in dallas this man signs a four-year 160 million dollar deal the way that this contract is structured makes the cowboys actually look like they're pretty competent jerry jones I don't didn't want to give him that much credit. But Dak, he's getting paid $75 million in his first year. This is going to ease up the cap space for them down the road when they're either going to have to pay him again or add some more pieces to that offense. So I want to open up to you, Wally. Two years too late. really think the Cowboys shot themselves on the foot waiting this long. But are you happy about Dak getting, getting signed, getting that bag? And how do you feel about the overall deal?
1: Well, not to go too long-winded here or anything, but it took me, honestly, until this year because of how crazy the cap is with it coming down to really kind of dig in and get a a feel. I I don't know how many of you guys out there are kind of like me where it just feels like the Rams have been printing money in the last five years, and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Some of these teams just find a way to always have money, and I'm like, like, you could be $10 million short of the cap, but somehow sign a guy for a mega deal. And this was one of those instances where I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. The Cowboys were kind of hurting for cash going into this. So I had digged a little deeper. So hopefully I can explain this somewhat well. You'll have to let me know after if I butcher it too bad. But here, you just mentioned, he's going to take home $75 million in his first year. That sounds on paper like the Cowboys are absolutely going to be in deep shit because of that. What people like myself and many others didn't realize, was that $66 million of that was obviously the signing bonus, which means he has a $9 million base salary for this upcoming year. So you take that $9 million, and then this is where NFL teams are very smart. This deal is actually, even though it's four years, $160 million, the fine print, it's a six-year deal. And the way they do that, and the reason they do that, is so that they can prorate that signing bonus even though they're paying all 66 up front, they can prorate it to affect the cap over the next five years at 13.5 apiece. So they just divide that number by five, even though they're paying it right now. So his cap hit this year is only a measly $22 million, which is a lot of money. Someone like Dak Prescott, who is, I mean, a borderline top five quarterback in the league, million in the first year is a deal. And this is the crazy thing about it is, if they had to sign or give him the franchise tag to sign yet again, they would have been $12 million over the cap. But now, because of this $75 million first year, as crazy as this sounds, he's saving the Cowboys money. And the Cowboys now are $4 million as it sits. We know there's a lot of things that can change. You've seen teams gutting their roster because they're trying to make room for free agents, they are still in the green here, which is crazy to think about. But hey, so right now, it's a, it to me, it really feels like a win-win on both sides.
0: Exactly. I, I did not even want to pose that question, because like you said, you broke it down perfectly, Wally. I thought it was pristine bud. so no need to worry about that. But yeah, Dak got his money. He got a lot of money, he got $75 million. He was he He's been looking for that money for a contract and he got it all on one day. Man, could you imagine waking up and seeing your bank account jump that much? That'd be amazing. And of course the Cowboys, it was fiscally a very smart move on their end. Like I alluded to prior to this, it took them two years to do this and they, they were probably losing money on this deal compared to what they could have gotten Dak for two years ago at the end of the day. You got your quarterback finally. And Michael Irvin, I don't know if you saw the comments he made, but he's comparing him to Tom Brady. He is the closest to Tom Brady as a quarterback that we are going to get in the NFL. How do you feel about that hot take?
1: Well, I really think it's tough to compare anybody to Tom Brady, especially someone like Dak Prescott right now. No disrespect to him or the Cowboys, but they haven't got it done in the postseason whatsoever so far. Tom Brady stepped in his first year, and what's he do? I mean, he literally, first of all, he robbed the Raiders. The refs robbed the Raiders. No big deal. Talk roll. I'm over it. It's not a big deal. But what's he do? He goes and he beats the greatest show on turf a couple years removed in a Super Bowl. It's really hard for me to compare anybody to someone like that. Now, I will say this. Dak Prescott significantly better than I ever expected him to be a few years ago. And I think, realistically, with the market value of quarterbacks, as big as this contract looks at face value right now, They got a decent deal considering the fact he is that fringe top five, at least top 10 quarterback in the league. And with that offense right now, you'd imagine they're going to jump right back into everything. I mean, last year was the biggest endorsement of Dak Prescott to me that there could be that he gets hurt and the team imploded on itself. The only thing I'm kind of hoping for right now, you keep hearing me talk about Kyle Pitts. I'm in love with this kid out of Florida. He's a fantastic prospect. He feels like a sure thing at tight end. He reminds me and a lot of people of Darren Waller just because he's almost more of a wide receiver in that body. If he can go somewhere like a Cincinnati with Joe Burrow or if by some miracle he fell all the way to Dallas in the teens, that would be an electric offense to watch. They still have very similar problems that the Raiders have where their defense is still abnormally bad. But I would love to see that offense add another piece like a Kyle Pitts. You know, I mean, it 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 would at least get me excited to watch them try to win games 42 to 38 every week. That's fun football. I mean, it's not traditional fun, but it's new school fun, and I can get behind it. So for me, I like Dak Prescott a lot. Now, I, I don't know, maybe you feel entirely different about it where you think the Tom Brady comparison is warranted. But to me, it's... It's just tough to compare anybody like to or anybody to Tom Brady right now when you don't have any accolades to really show for it.
0: I dislike the comparisons overall. The Dak, you know, Dak to Tom Brady, no. You're literally comparing apples to caviar. You cannot compare those two. But just a pet peeve of mine, it's just comparisons overall. Oh, Kyle Pitts, oh, he's going to be the next Tony Gonzalez. Oh, this running back, he's going to be the next LeDamian Thomason. Where do these comparisons come from? Why do we put them on such a high pedestal and then when they vanish off the face of the earth, the following year, we make another comparison with a a highly touted running back, wide receiver, whatever it may be? I hate comparisons. Because they are never equal in the NFL. So I definitely do not stand by the Tom Brady-Dak Prescott comparisons. Do they make their teams better? Absolutely. Is he a great leader? Absolutely. You see how quick that team changed. Because they were, don't forget, they were 12-4. and What, number one seed his rookie year. They've kind of declined since then. Don't really fully blame that on Dak. More or less the offensive line starting to shatter a little bit showing the true colors of what the dallas cowboys are without that offensive line but the comparisons out the window now tom brady's old team just acquired yeah boy trent brown for a 2022 fifth round pick you guys also sent a seventh round pick in the exchange Wally, you're the Raiders fan, and I'm kind of preaching to the choir. You know, writing's been on the wall here for a little bit. I guess the Raiders were planning to either restructure his deal. They couldn't find a trade partner. Ended up finding a trade partner in the New England Patriots where Trent Brown already had spent a year, and he already seems pretty pumped about going back to New England. He's posted on his Instagram page. So pumped to go there. So, Wally, are you upset about your boy Trent Brown going to the Patriots Is this going to be the first domino that falls and potentially a big off season for the Patriots?
1: I absolutely think for the Patriots, this is a great move and a great value move. This is, again, we're talking about a guy that signed a a really big deal with the Raiders a few years ago to basically, I mean, he was getting paid left tackle money. Now there's obviously the conversations out there are right tackles worth that money. Personally, if you get a guy like Trent Brown at his peak, yeah, absolutely. They're worth that money in new England. A lot of people, I feel like, have forgotten this last year. It felt like half of their defense sat out because of COVID concerns. You bring in Trent Brown, you bring those guys back, and who knows, you add a quarterback this offseason, which it sounds like they're obviously going to do, just a matter of who that guy is going to be. We'll probably discuss that a little bit, potentially here in a week uh, after free agency to see if there's any noise about that or potentially trades. Because there's, you know, there's people out there that still think Jimmy Garoppolo going to New England makes a ton of sense for a reunion. For the Raiders, though, this was kind of expected. This has been a Trent Brown that doesn't seem like he's been very happy in the organization for quite a while now. He's been posting stuff throughout the last few months that kind of were cryptic and seemed like he was wanting out. I want to say about a month ago, this isn't verbatim. So take it for what it's worth. But he said something to the effect of the name on the back of the Jersey means the most. So he's saying, basically, I'm looking out for number one. I'm looking out for me and credit to him. He's back to where he wants to be. He's getting paid good money to be there. And for the Raiders That's a big ticket off their books. They also cut Gabe Jackson this last week, and they cut Richie Incognito, although it sounds like Incognito will be back on a lesser deal, which you're going to see all over the NFL this year, teams trying to restructure deals or cut and then sign again for a lesser value for the simple fact of the cap came down. So you'll see things like this throughout the next couple months. I'm not overly devastated about it. If a guy doesn't want to be there, I don't want you there. And I know that kind of sounds harsh, but if you're not fully invested, I don't feel like you can really give the most that you can give for a team. And yeah, Trent Brown was solid, but five games last year. You're paying this guy all that money to play five games. He seemingly came into camp overweight. The Raiders weren't happy with him. And then he not only got himself in a situation with COVID that was raising red flags and frustrating for Raiders Raiders fans alike. He also was around several starters and through contact tracing, got them to miss several significant games in the middle of the season. So for me, yeah, it's a bummer it didn't work out, but I'm not going to sit here and cry that he's gone. I say, you know what? You have pl- like much more money now to go into free agency. Who knows? Maybe it sounds like you're going to have your guy, Denzel Good, coming back. And then you just have one position, assume you get incognito on that lesser deal, that you have to replace on that line. We'll see if they do that in the draft, if they want to do that through free agency. But now all of a sudden the Raiders have money, and I'm not going to lose any sleep about it.
0: The best ability is availability, especially if you're making that much money. And then backtracking what you said, the contract tracing, it's like, obviously, you know, you end up not giving a shit about this team, putting them in positions not to succeed in a season where, you know, this seemed like they could have gotten everything together, make that playoff push, get over that hump. Yeah, it's more or less of what have you done for me lately? Not much, but kind of fuck our team over a couple games as well as eat our money and only play five games. Good riddance, goodbye. But the main reason we are on this episode are the people that we had staying on on certain teams. The franchise tag. Franchise tag deadline was yesterday, March 9th at 4pm Eastern. I'm sure that seems to be the deadline everywhere It's 4pm. A lot of people that got tagged. Most notable names, we got Chris Godwin, 15.8 million with that tag. Marcus May, safety for the New York Jets, 10.5 million carolina franchi- franchise tagging their tackle taylor moten 3.6 million and the one that stuck out to me the most alan robinson he got the franchise tag but there was a lot of chatter with him on social media about how the bears haven't reached out to him since we obviously know the bears are in the middle of trying to find their quarterback maybe that's why they franchise tagged him there's a lot of people that got tagged on here so i'm going to toss it to you here wally One person that you were surprised got tagged. One person that you were surprised did not get tagged. Well, first
1: of all, for the one that I was most surprised weren't tagged, Cincinnati not tagging either Carl Lawson or William Jackson III was really mind-boggling to me. Yeah, they're in a rebuilding stage, but you have your guy Joey Burrow there. And you need defensive pieces there, too. That Bengals team all the way around both sides of the ball had gaping holes last year. Carl Lawson and William Jackson III are two guys that were very few bright spots on a very bad defense. So I was really stunned. I know that's a lot of money. You're talking about $18 million to Carl Lawson or about $15 million to William Jackson third. And now they're sitting, going into free agency, at $46.6 million, going into the open market. What really confused me about it was, this is a team with an owner that's typically very close to the belt. He doesn't spend a lot of money in free agency. Mike Brown likes to build from within. He likes to basically keep those guys forever and win through the draft and just basically develop your own talent. So a lot of the people that are close to the Bengals believe that this is a chance or a way for them to gamble on getting Joe Thune, that great offensive guard for the New England Patriots for so many years. And guess what? He's from Southwest Ohio. He's a Southwest Ohio native from, uh, I think, Montgomery County, if I remember right, which is like 30, 40 minutes from downtown Cincinnati. So it makes a lot of sense that they would try to target him and try to get Joe Burrow a little protection. But guess what? If you miss on that, not only do you not have Joe Thune, you are looking at Carl Lawson and William Jackson III very likely to test that market itself. They can, in theory, re-sign those guys too, but now they've lost all that leverage on those guys. So you better be sure that you're going to get Thune to make this work. And if it does, I'm not going to be too pissed off about it. But if I'm a Bengals fan, you, at some point, you got to just be like, dude, you, you don't invest in free agency often. And now all of a sudden, you're not even bringing back the few studs, young studs, that will be there after the rebuild. And in theory, when the Bengals eventually open up a window to compete in the Super Bowl down the road with Joe Burrow. Now I'm going to switch over to who wasn't tagged and I'm going to go up to your boys in Green Bay. I was really surprised that Green Bay didn't re-sign or franchise tag, at least. Aaron Jones, this is a guy, and Jamal Williams, for the record, he obviously wasn't going to be a candidate to get to tag, but he's another guy set to hit free agency. Those two combined for 320 carries last year, over 1,600 yards, and 11 touchdowns between them. A.J. Dillon had less than 50 carries last year. You'd imagine that one way or another, he's going to be taking on a larger role as he'll probably be the number two back. He just doesn't feel necessarily like a 2021 bell cow. He's a little bigger. He's a little slower. I think you would love to pair that with someone like an Aaron Jones. So again, this is similar to what we were talking about with the Bengals. This doesn't mean Aaron Jones isn't going to be a Packer next year, but what it means is they're not willing to pay him that money to be a Packer next year. We already know teams don't really value the position all that much. You typically will see teams let guys walk at free agency and typically bring in guys through the draft because you're young, they're on the rookie deal, and running backs are kind of a dime a dozen. For me, though, I I just think that that's a team that's trying to maximize this window with Aaron Rodgers right now. You have to make sure that offense is really well put together. Defense finally took huge steps this last year, and if they can get Aaron Jones back or if they move on from that if you can bring in a guy in the draft that's going to immediately step in and make a difference, then this is probably a really smart move. It's just a matter of do they hit and will that rushing attack take a step back this next year?
0: I've been saying it all offseason. I am not expecting Aaron Jones back in Green Bay. And the offense that Matt LaFleur runs, it's very offensive offensive line, tight end, blocking tight end heavy and having a run game. So you can circulate everyone out there Granted, he's been very lucky with the running backs he's had. Todd Gurley, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones. Those are his last three running backs. So obviously that offense can look very good. Now, to your point, A.J. Dillon only had 46 carries. Still averaged 5.3 yards, two touchdowns. Very minimal, but he's showing at least that he could potentially be getting this done. Now, we were saying the same thing about Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams a couple years ago. So why not let that flourish? The only reason they didn't flourish then is because it's Mike McCarthy and he's an absolute idiot. Have fun with that one, Dak Prescott, especially if you got Zeke behind there. There you go. So I'm not surprised Aaron Jones, you're gonna go play in Miami, bud. I'm I'm glad for you. Thank you for your years in Green Bay. It was awesome watching you. I expect Green Bay to re-sign Jamal Williams on a cheaper deal, have the split carried, uh, maybe have a little bit of a running back competition between him and A.J. Dillon. But I would not be surprised uh, if Green Bay ends up drafting a running back in the draft. It feels like they draft one every year in the past 20 years. So a of averages, you know, you just throw shit at the wall, see what sticks. Oh, there's James Starks. Oh, shit, there's Aaron Jones. Oh, shit, there's Jamal Williams. Oh, there's half of Eddie Lacy. Perfect. We can make this work. Now, the one that I was most surprised about, um, getting the franchise tag, I, little, I harped on it a little bit earlier, was Allen Robinson. Dude's an absolute stud. I think the most, outside of Keenan Allen, the most underrated receiver in the league that no one talks about. Now, I get to watch him destroy the Packers twice a year, and I always keep a close eye on that Chicago Bears team. But Allen Robinson's an absolute stud. Dude has never been able to have a NFL-caliber quarterback, and he's still putting up 11, 1,200, 1,300 yards with Mitch Trubisky and Blake Bortles as his quarterback. Those are his most notable quarterbacks. Now, the person I'm most surprised about that did not get franchise tag was Kenny Galladay for the Detroit Lions. I mean... Green Bay's able to snag him. Good. If not, I'm glad to see you get out of the division. Kenny Galdi is only 27 years old. He's a, he was a pro bowler in 2019. 2019 and 2020, he had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. You know, this year he missed 11 games, only had about slightly under 400 yards and two touchdowns. I get that. So you want to cut ties. For the dude's young, you're going to need to have a target for Jared Goff because seemingly there's no one left on the roster. We don't know if Marvin Jones is going to return on something cheap. You're taking Kenny Galladay out of there. I have no idea who the hell Jared Goff is going to throw to. Dude struggles enough throwing to his receivers and now you're not going to give him anyone to throw to? Jared Goff is always going to have such a, a vengeful spite towards Sean McVay for the situation that he just put He just uh, got put in in Detroit, but it's okay, Goff. You're finally playing for a coach and a team that wants to see you play and turn the ball over, I don't know, probably 15, 20 times in the season.
1: i got to be honest with you. I don't know how much Detroit actually wants or expects to see Jared Goff succeed, which is part of the reason why I think they did choose to let Galladay walk because I think they're sitting back and expecting to be terrible this next year, so they're in the QB sweepstakes come 22's draft. Maybe I'm way off. I just think this Lions team is preparing for a potential 2-14, and 3-13 kind of year. And if that's the case, I don't think that Goff is necessarily in their future plans. It was more of a, you know what, let's see what we can get for Matthew Stafford if Jared Goff decides that He's going to play to that potential they thought going into his rookie year in L.A.? Sure, then that's that's great. But it hasn't really panned out. They Yeah, they made it to the Super Bowl a few years ago, but it kind of felt like in spite of Jared Goff opposed to because of what he did. I might be way off, though, but either way, if I am a Packers fan, a Bears fan, a Vikings fan... You best believe I'm thrilled to get that man out of my division because he's going to be a guy we're talking about for the next five to ten years without question.
0: I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Do you have any any teams that he could potentially land with that you can just think, off, think of off the top of your head?
1: See, it's tough this year purely because of the, the shrinking cap issues. A lot of teams that might want him, I don't know if they'll be able to afford him. So right now, I'm not really sure. I th- This is, to me, it was kind of a little bit of a surprise, too, that he was let go. So I-, I think that we'll obviously get more of a gauge over the next few days on where it seems like talks are heating up, or at least interest is heating up. But this is still so early afterwards, and here's the most obvious statement you'll ever hear on this show, but he's going to go somewhere. Where a team is looking for a number one receiver, that's Young, entering his prime. But uh, right now, to me, I don't know if I would have a, a good feeling about one team over another. We don't even know all the teams that are done cutting people to make room on the cap. And who knows, maybe because Gallaudet is hitting the open market, you might have a team decide, you know what, maybe that guy that's $5-6 six million worth on the books, we can let him go pony up a little extra money to Kenny, and hopefully we can sway or persuade him to come back. And if worse comes to worse, again, it's another position that you can usually find at least decent value even in the middle to middle late rounds in, in the draft.
0: So first team I thought of, Indianapolis Colts. You got an aging T.Y. Hilton who is, if I believe I'm correct, is going into free agency, potentially can bring him back on a cheap one, two-year deal just be that veteran guy in the locker room who's kind of he's been through it all they sucked he's been through it Andrew Luck that roller coaster of quarterbacks they've had the past two or three years he's been through great locker room guy and I think that he'd be a very good complement to that offense and obviously a great weapon for Carson Wentz to have which we know his wide receivers have never been the best or at least been the best at catching or being on the field a la Alshon Jeffrey I could also, of course, this is the cop out. You can—he's going to New England, right? You could probably get him for a little bit cheaper. Come buy into the system here. One of the other dominoes that could be falling, but I don't know. Kenny Galladay is a good—he's a good receiver. I think that he can get middle of the road money and go to a team, be an instant impact. And like you said, if you can go to a one or just a, a pass-heavy offense and be a very strong two wide receiver two candidate. I think he'd be happy, but to your point, let's see it. let's see what people, what organization are cutting, what players freeing up cap space. We'll get there. He's a guy I feel like is going to be floating around a little bit around until until that draft time.
1: Talking about Kenny or Kenny Galladay for one more second. One of the th- the places that just popped into my head that they do have a little bit of money, and it's not the sexiest location. But if he ends up choosing to go to New York to play. With that rookie quarterback that you imagine will be there with the Jets, who knows, maybe they can spark a little bit of a relationship. They've got five to seven years of prime Galladay left. You'd imagine he'd still be able to play with that quarterback for a a decent tenure if that does come to fruition.
0: Maybe keep it in the division, Washington football team, opposite side, uh, your boy, Scary Terry McLaurin.
1: Oh, don't get me too excited. I'm telling you, Washington already, you already know where I'm at. This is a team, if they can get an offense, we're not talking, and I'm talking about like an average offense. If you get an average offense in Washington, they can beat almost anybody on any given Sunday with that defense. If you can, even when Chase Young's taken away with what Tampa Bay did, which I get so pissed off here about, oh, Chase Young disappeared in that game. People don't understand how hard it is to play against a double team in the, in the NFL. It is not easy. Triple teams, even.
0: He is getting triple teamed in the NFL. He was getting triple teamed like his fourth game in. We we never saw J.J. Watt getting triple teamed that early on. Aaron Donald, well, Aaron Donald stays getting double teamed. But edge rushers like that do not make that much of an impact that early on in their career. Could you imagine if Chase Young was on that field during the Super Bowl? And
1: he's the type of guy with that talent it's very possible that we will see him in a Super Bowl, if not more, in the future, whether that's in Washington or wherever, because he's going to get a payday here in four years when he's finally eligible to hit free agency. So that'll be interesting to see. But going back to what you were talking about with the triple teams, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, these are the kind of guys, we'll go to TJ Watt first just real quick. When Bud Dupree got hurt, TJ Watt, was not the same player. And that's nothing against TJ Watt. It's just a testament to how hard it is at this level to be able to beat doubles and triple teams, especially when we're talking about tackles involved. Aaron Donald, he deals with the triple teams, but he's usually dealing with the centers, the guards, and maybe a back coming in. That's a little different than dealing with left and right tackles at this level in the nfl
0: david bakhtiari obviously my boy rings about me or or your boy trent brown or lano brown for the uh, for the ravens i mean any of the tackles exactly i honestly could not agree more we'll move on here to the super bowl champions the tampa bay buccaneers re-signed levante david to a two-year 25 million dollar extension 20 million of that guaranteed His cap hit next year is only 3.5 million due to the three voidable years in contract. It's proof the salary cap just does not exist in the NFL. Just like the national debt does not exist. We can literally print money. We are the ones printing the money. Just get us the fuck out of it. Anyway, looks like Bruce Arians is following through with at least a couple of his Super Bowl promises of bringing the whole squad back. Let's run it back here. And on top of that, of course, we know Chris Godwin got the franchise tag. Looks like Shaq Barrett is the odd man out. So, Wally, I'm going to pose you with, uh, I guess, two or three questions. How do we feel about the Levante-David contract? You can harp on a little bit of Chris Godwin if your heart desires. Shaq Barrett is being the odd man out. Is he staying cheap? Or is he the one that's taking the paycheck somewhere else?
1: Well, I'll just say real quick for Chris Godwin, it won't be long, with those trio of receivers and Tom Brady seemingly, he's he's ageless, so that offense is still going to be at a very high level next year. It makes a ton of sense for him to want to come back. I know he took a little step back in the sense of production last year, but that's less to do with him and more to do with the whole, the whole cliche, there's only one ball. You have Antonio Brown. You have Mike Evans. You even have guys like Scotty Miller who, maybe not on the looks of it alone, is all that comparable to those other guys, but that's typically the guy that's going to get opened because all the attention is on those others. So even though he was under 800 yards last year, and I want to say he was dinged up for a little bit of that too, the guy, it makes a ton of sense for him to want to come back and good for him for doing so. And Levante, again, I'm happy you brought up that the salary cap doesn't exist. It's just proof how, first of all, how clever some of these teams are because with those three voidable deals or years on the deal very similar to the Dak Prescott deal I mean you look again at face value two years 25 million dollars where is Tampa Bay finding this money but spreading that out over the next few years I mean it's it's very very smart especially when you consider the windows as much as we joke about Tom Brady never going to be able to stop playing you got to imagine he's only got a couple years left it makes sense to kind of go all in right now. Yeah, it might be an ugly rebuild here in four or five years when you don't really have all that money to kind of replenish the team. But I guarantee Bucks fans are not going to bitch at all. That's one of those happy rebuilds that you do, hopefully on the back end of a couple Super Bowl rings. Already got one. Who's to say this team doesn't get one or two more, especially if Tom Brady chooses to come back beyond the 21 season. So good for them there. Now, as for Shaq Barrett, I know Buccaneers fans desperately want him to come back. If they can figure out some way to kind of work a deal similar to the Levante Davis one, where you're going to be able to spread that cap hit out through the next few years, I think it's possible. I think he wants to come back. Who doesn't want to come back to the team that you just won a Super Bowl with? Especially when that team in that city really loves what he's done for them. But... If he does get offered a big payday, I'm never going to blame a player for going and getting that money. You're only playing, especially as a linebacker in this league, you've got, what, after that rookie deal, seven, eight years to get that bank realistically? Do it now. I'm not going to hit this guy for going out and making his money. So I think there is a realistic shot that he is playing somewhere else next year. If my money was to be put anywhere, I do think he'd be back just because of how desperate this team was and organization wants to run it back. And he's a great player. So naturally, you want to bring him back. The defense is so good right now. Do you think he's going to be back in Tampa Bay? Or do you think he will chase the money a little bit and potentially go play somewhere else, even if it's not a contender, to go get that money, man?
0: I'm one foot in, one foot out. I'm I'm on the same boat as you. I'm not... I'm not gonna. I would not put my money on him going back to Tampa Bay um, unless it's a one or a two year deal, just so he can ride that out. But if, if you guys don't know who Shaq Barrett is, he spent the first four years of his career in in Denver, in and out of the practice squad. But he got a Super Bowl ring with that Peyton Manning led team. But collectively through those first four years, dude only made 1.9 million. Signed a one year deal with the with the Buccaneers the next year, then he was placed on the franchise tag slightly slightly less than 16 million last year so Shaq Bear is ready to go get his go get his money I was listening to uh, first things first on Fox when they had him in for an interview this is right after the Super Bowl like two or three days and he was talking about I barely made any money and I grinded I'm ready to go get that bag the dude's got two Super Bowls already obviously why would you not want to ride that high with being with Tom Brady every day? Being a part of that culture and just riding out in the sunset with another one, two, possibly three Super Bowls. However long Tom Brady wants to play for because there's already talks of extensions for him to stay longer in Tampa Bay. As Wally shakes his head, he goes, no, don't worry, buddy. You don't have to deal with it. I have to deal with it.
1: For the record, I'm shaking my head less at that he won't happen and more of the this guy won't die. I'm so you are finally getting to deal with what the AFC has dealt with. You know, it serves you right to deal with it for four or five years.
0: Yeah, whatever. Why don't you just uh tuck it between your legs, Wally? But yeah, Tom Brady is is the Michael Myers of NFL quarterback. Dude never runs, he's walking everywhere. Oh, that man's dead. He is not dead. He's always lurking. He will just resurrect from anything. If it's from a game, life, there's Tom Brady. And it's really awesome that we finally get to find out how blacked out he was because he said that he does not remember throwing that Super Bowl trophy. I can relate so much, so I'm okay with it. I will let him beat the Packers' ass here for at least a couple more years as long as he's thrown the Super Bowl trophy over, over to another boat. Now, before we do wrap up here, Wally, some fun news that we kind of glassed over. The XFL and the Canadian Football League are possibly talking about a partnership since both those leagues got canceled last year during the COVID. They're potentially thinking about teaming up. What do you think about that idea and how the fuck would that even look?
1: Wow, I'm not even going to lie to you. I did not know that. I'm so locked in right now to NHL, NFL, NCAA basketball. I didn't even know that partnership was in the works. So I... I'm not going to talk long about it because I would be woefully ignorant on it. But that sounds awesome. I mean, this is, it's the only league realistically that I can think of here professionally in the States where you don't have a developmental league underneath the professional top level. I think it would make a ton of sense. You can get guys then who maybe were a little raw from college or maybe they came out expecting to get drafted. Maybe that didn't happen camp didn't work out in the rookie year and they can make a name for themselves there i would love to see i mean last year we got to see pj walker from the xfl the previous year go and start several games in carolina if i'm not or mistaken i think he won a game or two didn't he
0: he did win win a game or two and he did not look bad Definitely. Once they were starting, um, once they started PJ, they were questioning the Teddy Bridgewater, and ultimately, I think that is what is circulating and why they want to get rid of him. Because you know what, maybe we're not that bad without Teddy.
1: Now, you've obviously knew about this deal or the talks of the XFL and CFL kind of coming together. Is there any
0: more out there right
1: now, or is this kind of still in the infancy of all this? Fresh
0: out the womb. There are potential talks. Nothing's official yet. What I'm hearing is that it's there's talks, but there's nothing positive coming out of these talks. Like there's nothing like oh that there's a possibility this could happen. Oh we are thinking about it. It's like nah, we're not really think that this could form into anything. But and we're just gonna kind of talk a little bit. So it's it's very it's in the um, I would even I would even call it an infancy. I think it's a it's an embryo at this point.
1: All right. Well, honestly, even if it's in the embryo stage. That's really exciting. Hopefully it can happen. The XFL, unfortunately, it felt like this second time around, they finally felt like they had a few things figured out that they, the AAF or whatever from the year before didn't have, which was really cool. I mean, you got to see St. Louis sell out game in, game out. You can tell how thirsty they are for a real football team again since the Rams left for L.A. It would be really cool to give a few of these cities that want to prove that they can support an NFL team if that ever were to come up. And if it doesn't, at least that they have twenty to 30,000 people that are willing to go to games here in the spring. Because, I mean, Lord knows, I love watching football year-round. And when the NFL is not available, you best believe I was watching Cardale Jones sling it with the D.C. Defenders last year before COVID came around. We'll ignore the... Oh,
0: shut the fuck up. We both know that he got benched only with that five- or six-game season.
1: I just am really upset that the coaching staff had it out for him. I love Pep Hamilton right now. He, he obviously, back in the NFL, great coach. I don't know what his vendetta was, not wanting a guy who's was completing 40% of his passes and throwing like three picks a game. But if you ignore that, Cardale Jones was much-watched TV. I will love him forever. I won't forget about 2014. Fun story for you. I think I told you while we were in school together this last year. I lost a bet with three of my buddies when I was in school. Ohio State was going into the Big Ten title game. JT Barrett in his freshman year just tore his ACL. Braxton Miller's arm was off. So Cardale's going into the Big Ten title game. Basically raw. We've never seen this guy before. Only thing we knew about him was he was the guy that send the tweet, I ain't, play no sc- or I ain't here to play no school or whatever it was. So my buddies are like, Hey, What are the chance that Ohio State not only beats Wisconsin tonight, but they go in a run and they can win a national title? And I remember laughing in the guy's face. I'm like, dude, I'm just happy that we're here at this point. There's no chance in hell this team not only wins against Wisconsin, but wins convincingly enough to jump Baylor and TCU to get in. Then they have to beat Alabama. Then they have to beat Marcus Mariota and the Oregon Ducks. No chance in hell. I would bet any kind of money. Oh, really? like, I don't even want your money, guys. I tell you what, I'll do whatever you want. Just tell me what it is. They told me then, like, all right, if Ohio State wins a national championship, you have to get Cardale Jones' tweet tattooed on your ass. They have not paid up their end because they're supposed to pay for it. But the moment they do, there will be the tweet right there on my right cheek, and it will be there for the world to see. And you best believe I'll be flaunting that shit.
0: I personally won just slightly under 1,300 at the, at the casino this past weekend, like I said earlier. I'm waiting for another 1,400 for my sports gambling. I've been hot, still staying hot. Staying away from the Turkish League. Parlay really fucked me one day. I am more than willing, if those same buddies listen to this podcast, I am more than willing to just pay up front for them. I tell you. But, <laughs> but it has to be the whole cheek has to be the whole cheek.
1: Hold up. See, I'm thinking more... It's going to be somewhere in the... If you hold out your right hand from your thumb to your index finger, kind of like bent halfway. We're talking, I don't know, three or four inches good on my cheek. I know all about it. I'm good with that. But I ain't throwing the whole cheek at it. This is going to be tough enough. Some guy, poor bastard out there, is going to have to stare at my ass for several hours while he's tattooing this amazing tweet. I I don't think that I can do it. And it, when it happens, i got to be a couple pounds down a little bit more. Otherwise, this is going to look really, really bad if I ever lose weight again. Give me a few months. If I'm starting to do better weight-wise and they haven't paid up, I'll come back to you. If you want to make it happen, I will pay up on my end of the, the bargain. I'm a guy that if I lose a bet, I pay up right away, and I will keep that credibility going
0: forever. The only way that I would pay for this tattoo is you're getting a loss of down tattooed right next to it. Loss of down ref. Throwing the flag on the Cardell Jones tweet.
1: Ooh, see, that's interesting. But the only thing is, do I really want to put this great logo, not a big deal, who made it, it's whatever, right on my ass? This is this is prime real estate. This is going to be the one where you're going to have women tramp stamping it in 10 years. This is a big deal. I don't know if I want to throw it on my rear end. That's not good for anybody.
0: Well, it doesn't matter. The only one who's going to be seeing it is whoever you're matching with on Grindr. So you're never going to see it. I don't know what the big deal is.
1: Yeah, but they're going to have to look at it the entire time. And I don't think anybody wants to do that. If I ever, ever want to find a wife, what, what's that going to look like when I'm like, hey, um, hon, I got I to gotta show you something. I got a deep, dark secret. And then she's like, oh, my God, he killed someone. And I just pull my pants down. And there's a tweet talking about I ain't here to play no school next to a ref throwing a flag at it. I I don't know. I think I'm already at that point, like three steps behind in future parenting.
0: If you, that's how you know when you find your wife, you show her that and she's like, fuck yeah. That's the only way that you know that it's a perfect wife. If she enjoys the, the ass tweet.
1: I tell you what though, if she ends up being like, Hey, I got a secret for you. And then she pulls down the other side and it's like Cardale's number 12, right on the ass. I know I found my wife. 12-gauge, baby. But what if
0: she got the 12, but it was like the Chargers jersey and not the OSU jersey?
1: See, that would be tough. I'm not going to lie to you. But at least it's the Chargers where they're just such a laughing stock. I would just get to laugh every time I see it. Opposed to if it was like a Mahomes 15 or a freaking, I don't know, Peyton Manning 18 in Denver I don't know if I I think that's kind of grounds for me to immediately break it off. If it's the Chargers, it's kinda of like, ah, that's pretty funny. That's pretty cute.
0: Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that's a two-way street when they're dating you as well, Wally.
1: Absolutely. They're without question.
0: That's so funny, it's so cute. And that is going to bring us to the end here of another episode of Loss of Down. Thank you guys so much for listening. However, you may be listening, if it's Spotify, Apple Music anchor.fm make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms instagram and facebook at loss of down twitter down underscore loss and wally do you have any final thoughts maybe bets you want us to take this weekend before we head out
1: oh god see no this time of year i'm kind of just sitting back and watching in this time just because again hockey it's so weird right now with all the series and then college basketball so fun this year but without the crowds and everything It makes it a little different. So I'm going to hang back, and I'm just going to enjoy the ride. Only thing I will say is the NHL is back on ESPN. The deal is finalized. Bring Gary Thorne back. It's a big day for hockey, baby. And then last, last thing, and I'll be done. I told you guys about once a month I'd let you know, told Steven before the show, your boy's down over 47 pounds now. We're at 285 as it sits today. Hopefully, when we check back again in about a month here, I hopefully can tell you I'm right around that 275 mark and then we can all be happy. And then again, we get closer to that ass tattoo by the day.
0: And once again, I'll take all the credit for pushing you out the door to lose that weight after you lost the bet to eat the Impossible Whopper for a week straight. So thank you so much, Wally. Happy for you. You look great. Can't wait to see you in person here next week. First in-person episode since what? Around Christmas time?
1: Yeah, it was Christmas. Thanksgiving? It was Christmas when... Uh, ooh, I, it might have been Thanksgiving. I just remember it was when you came back to Pittsburgh. Still can't believe that we're going to be five minutes apart when we visit family. That's unreal.
0: Next time I go up, you know I'm going to hit you up and we're going to get hammered and record a podcast. Until then... He is gorgeous Walter Lukaszewski in Pittsburgh. I am gluttonous Stephen Weed here in Columbus with a nice 65-degree night. I'm going to go uh, get stoned, play a little Madden, maybe order the steak and shake. But until next time, this is Loss of Down, and we will see you next week.
1: OH, beat Minnesota tomorrow, Buckeyes.